Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. My name is Brandon Keller, and I've been going to this church for about 16 years now, and so I'm so lucky that Pastor Jeff gives me the opportunity usually about once a year to come out and speak to you, and so that's what I'm here to do today. So when Pastor Jeff told me, hey, don't forget you're on for uh, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, I was like, okay, what am I going to talk about? Because he's also trusting in me that he just lets me come up here and talk about whatever I feel like I want to talk about. And so I started praying to God, and I was just like, what do the people of Stockbridge Community Church need to hear this season? And so I kept praying and praying, and I was like, what is it they need to hear? And, and God clearly told me, encourage them. Go out and encourage them. So that's what I'm here today to do, is just to encourage you as we get ready to enter this Christmas season. It has been a long 20-something months of this new world that we're in and all of that. And I know people have had a hard time over the last 20 months or so. And so today I just want to encourage you through everything we have going on. And so that's what I'm here to do today. And so if you're, if you're next month and next year can be better than the last 20 months, then I feel like you're moving in the right direction. Can we all agree we want it to be better? Yeah. Better yet? Good, good. So today that's what I'm going to be focusing on is making your life better the next month, next year, and for the future. And so one of the ways I do that is that when I'm kind of down or I'm not sure where I'm going or my direction's kind of messed up, I always fall on one verse that is always kind of with me all the time, and that is Jeremiah 29.11. And so many of you know that verse. It's a very popular verse, but it, for me, it's one that really kind of just helps me stay focused. And so today what I want to do is really break down Jeremiah 29.11 for you and, and explain to you how it helps me. And maybe it will help encourage you and make your next month, next year better as well. So let's read it as it's on the screen now. And it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And so I think the important thing to remember here is that this verse doesn't promise like you immediately be rescued from hardship or suffering or anything like that, but rather a promise that God does have a plan for your life, regardless of your current situation, regardless of where you're at right now, God has a plan and a hope and a future for your life. But at the beginning of that, it, go, it says, for I know the plans I have for you. Well, that's good that God has a plan for my life because many times in my life, I've had no idea what my plan is for my life. Can I get an amen? amen. Right? It's like, what do I do next? It's like, what, where am I at? What am I doing? Is this the direction I'm supposed to be going? And so for me, I need to know what that plan is because I do better when I know what's going to happen. And so I know God knows the plan for my life because it says there right there in Jeremiah 29, 11. And so I'm like, okay, God, what is that plan for my life? And so 
I need to get to know God so that I can kind of get to know that. And so that's number one, fill in on your outline, is know God to know his plan. You need to know God so you can know his plan for your life, right? And there's two ways you can get to know God, and that is you can either get to know his plan for your life by reading the Bible or talking to him, or prayer in church we call it, right? Talking to God, prayer, or reading the Bible are the two ways we can do it. In James 4.8 it says, come close to God and God will come close to you. And everybody sees that, you see that on banners everywhere, but they kind of leave out the rest of the verse. But I thought we should at least talk about the rest of the verse, because it says, wash your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Underline is divided for me if you have your program there. Your loyalty is divided between God and the world. And that's where we, we, we can't focus on God's plan for our life because we're so worried about what the world's plan is for our life. Do we spend more time watching the news rather than reading the good news, right? What are we doing that our, our loyalty is so divided? And so we need to read and study the Bible because the good news is God does not change, Mankind's nature also does not change. We've been the same sinful creatures our entire existence. And so we don't change. God doesn't change, which means the Bible is still very relevant to us today. Some people are like, oh, that's from the old times. No, no, no. We're still the same. God's still the same. It's just as relevant as it has ever been. And so Only God can provide that plan, but we can't learn his plan unless we read his word, which is essentially his love letter to us. And so some people think that the Bible is boring. When I talk to people, I'm like, hey, you know, you read the Bible, I'm like, it is so boring. I just can't, I can't get through it. I can't, it's just, oh, have you ever tried to read numbers? It's like, yeah, don't start in numbers. But it's like, you know, it's just like, don't, don't start there, but You know, the Bible is anything but boring. If if you spend any time reading the Bible, you know that the Bible is filled with all sorts of crazy stuff. It's got sex and love and killings and war. And it's like all the best shows on Netflix all combined into one book. It's got all the stuff. Like, Like Samson goes out and just like, starts killing people with a donkey's jawbone, just walking around, just thrashing people with a, with a donkey jawbone, right? That's, that's kind of a weird thing, right? And speaking of donkeys, there's a talking donkey in the Bible. This was before Shrek even, like there's a talking donkey before that. He probably sounds like Eddie Murphy, but it's just, it is what it is, right? There's a talking donkey. I mean, there's some crazy stuff like David, King David, before he was kind of King David, him and his band went out and killed 200 Philistines and then collected their foreskins. And then David traded those foreskins to Saul for Saul's daughter. <laughs> what? Right? Like, that's in the Bible. That is in the Bible. Paul, Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, that everybody's like, oh, great and wonderful Paul. Paul was preaching a message so long one time that a guy fell asleep fell out a window and died. That's why we don't have windows in here is because in case I get boring, I don't want any of you to fall out a window. But the Bible is anything but boring. Song of Solomon's, 
That's it. That's, that's all I got to say. It's PG-13 and up. That's, that's it. It's anything but boring. But if you want to understand God's plan for your life, you need to better understand God. And the way to understand God is to read his word. In Romans 15, 4, it says this. It says, everything is written in the past was written to teach us. The scriptures give us strength to go on. They encourage us and give us hope. And that's what we're here for, right? Is to be encouraged, right? So reading the Bible, everything that is written is there to encourage us and give us hope. Now, maybe you're not good at reading. I'm not very good at reading. And so I need some accountability. And the way I get that accountability is I actually use the Bible app, the YouVersion app. Does anybody use the YouVersion app on there? Good for you guys. Awesome. It's so good on your phone. You can, you can set up reading plans. I can like invite my friends, Danny and, and, and Chris Woodson and Chemo to that reading plan. And, and all of a sudden, you know, there's like accountability every day. Hey, did you do your reading? Because you can leave little comments. The Bible app is also great because it will read to you. If you're not a big reader, it will just read the Bible to you. I know my wife uses that in the morning while she's getting ready. She just turns it on on the bathroom counter and it just reads the Bible to her as she's getting ready in the morning. So she gets that, that, that burst of the Bible every single morning, but it's just reading it to her. So there's some great ways that you can get into the Bible if just this is too intimidating. Try out the YouVersion app. It's a great practical way that you can start reading the Bible more. And just remember, it was once said that if you are unwilling to learn, nobody can teach you. But if you desire to learn, nobody can stop you. So what is your desire? Is it to learn or not to learn? You're only here once. You might as well learn everything you can, including the Bible, right? And so also talking to God is so important in getting to know God's plan for your life. Because like the verse said, come close to God and God will come close to you. And so praying to God, talking to God, the more you pray and talk to God, the more he will speak to you and talk to you. And did you know that health experts, not religious people, but health experts say that praying is actually good for your health? It actually relieves stress. It improves your heart rate because you're, you're so calm when you're praying that it just helps, it just helps calm you down and, and improves your attitude. It's literally physically good for your health to pray. And prayer also, for me, helps change my focus. Because when I start praying and I start running through that laundry list of things that I want, because I don't know if that's how you pray, but a lot of times that's how I pray, is I start to think about, everything else that's going on in the world, my friends, my family, and I start praying for them. And it helps take the focus off of me and puts the focus on those that I care about around me. And so prayer will help change that focus also to focus on others instead of ourselves so much. And so for me, my life really changed when I started to pray and talk to God. But it didn't change at that moment, it changed a little bit before that because when I came to this church 16 years ago, I was an atheist. I came here with my wife who was a Christian and she wanted to, to go to a church. And so we had two young daughters at the time, two and four. And so she said, let's, let's find a church. And I said, 
okay, I'll, I'll go visit a church with you or whatever. And we decided we were going to go church shopping because we had just moved here from California and we're like, you know, there's a lot of churches here. We should go church shopping. And so our neighbors invited us to this church so we could check it out. We came here and we've never left. We, we failed miserably at shopping. Um, we, we only came here. We met a bunch of people. Y'all, yeah, y'all, y'all just loved us so much. We just never left. And so for me, I had to kind of reset my life in getting to know Jesus first so that I could understand his plan because I was floundering. I didn't know what my plan was. I was just going with whatever was next, wherever would give me the most money, fame, fortune, whatever that looked like. And so for me, I had to reset my life in asking God to save me first so that I could start that relationship with him, so that I could talk to him and read his word and understand his plan for his life, for my life. And so Maybe some of you today are struggling with you don't understand the plan for your life because you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You're like me where you're like, I got this, I got this, and you ain't got it. And so maybe today that's the step you need to take is ask Jesus to save you so that you can start this relationship and start talking to him and understand the plan for your life. And so what I want to do real quick is just pray. If everybody will just join me in prayer. God, thank you so much for this opportunity to come and speak with my church family. God, I know there's people here today, God, that are, are struggling, God, because they've been trying to follow the world's plan for their life, God, and it's not working. God, I ask that they have the courage today, God, to ask you to save them, God, to forgive them of their sins, God, and start a relationship with you so that you can reveal the true plan for their life, God, so their life can be changed like my life was changed 16 years ago, God, when I gave my life to you. God, I just ask that today they have that courage, God, and they just say, God, save me. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you for that. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give a hand clap for those that made that decision today. Awesome. If you made that next step today, there is a connection card in your uh, seats there. You can uh, sign the, check the box that says, I'm praying to become the prayer to become a Christ follower today. And we'll send you some more information, some next steps for you so you know what to do now. So let's go back to my Jeremiah 29, 11. And I want to talk about the kind of the second line. So it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Let's talk about plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Because God means for you to prosper. God does not mean harm on your life. But in order for you to prosper, you have to understand what prospering looks like. And so number two on your outline is you, have, you need to do this. You need to recognize your blessings. You need to recognize your blessings. Because how do you know if you're prospering if you don't take a moment and recognize the blessings that God's already putting on your life? And so, so many times we spend so much time complaining about what we don't have rather than thanking God for what we do have. Like, I've talked to people in the past that were struggling to find a job. And so I pray with them and, and, and you know, and talk to them all the time. And then they find a job. And then, like, two weeks later, they're complaining about their new job. Y'all know that person, right? And it's like... It's like, wait a second, like for a month I've been praying for you to find a job. You just found a job and now you're telling me why you don't like your job? 
and why they don't, you know, they don't treat you good enough, why you don't make enough. It's just like, recognize your blessings, stop worrying about what you don't have and comparing what you have to everybody else. And so one of the ways I like to recognize that is, is really through prayer. And, and so we talked about prayer a little bit earlier. And so 1 Thessalonians says this, it says, be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time and thank God no matter what happens. And one of the ways I like to do that is here at church on Sunday mornings when the band starts playing, I like to raise my hands in worship. To that God that died on the cross for me so that I don't have to go to hell for the sins that I'm, I've committed and probably continue to commit, that's where I recognize the blessing that God has already put on my life. And so for me, that time of worship is a time for me to connect with God and thank him and acknowledge him for the blessings that he has already given me and he will continue to give to me. I need to thank God for his blessings. And another way to try to recognize your blessings is just have a better attitude, right? Just, just have a positive attitude, right? It's like we're getting ready to go into the holiday seasons and like you can make Christmas as fun as you want or as miserable as you want. It's really your choice, right? You're the only one that can decide that. You can be like, man, I've had some terrible Christmases in the past. I'm just going to keep making Christmas terrible. Or you can be like, you know what? That's all in the past. I'm just going to move forward and I'm just going to be holly jolly this year and just whatever it is, whatever it is, right? And so have a positive attitude and that will help you be happy. If you have that attitude of gratitude, it will help sustain those blessings and that joy in your life. I heard this speaker, Jesse Etzler, talking about the way that he tries to recognize his blessings and, and, and pay attention to that stuff is that he puts time stamps on everything. So he likes to think about everything as, as he says he's getting older in life. I think he's in his, you know, 50s. But he just likes to think about how many more times will I get to do this and make the most of that moment that he'll get to do, right? How many more times will I get to do this? As we enter this Christmas season, those of you with young kids, how many more Christmases do you have where the kids are at home? Because Christmas changes once the kids are are gone, right, in your house. How many more Christmases will you have with your parents, right? As, as we come out of this 20 months, I think everybody in here has probably lost somebody they've, they know or they loved, right? How many more visits with those people around you do you really get? And try to put significance behind that so that you appreciate them that much more when you're in that moment. How many more times do you get to do this so that you will appreciate it? I try to be grateful for all of those experiences that I get with my family, with my friends, and just make the most of it and enjoy those experiences. And the other thing is, is I need to have an attitude of gratitude around my personal possessions. And that is probably the hardest thing for me, absolutely, is, is to have that attitude of gratitude. Uh, I have a confession to make. I like stuff. Oh, y'all like stuff too? Amazing, right? And so... So often we get caught up in our stuff and the stuff we don't have instead of the stuff we do have. And, and, and we get so caught up in that we forget to recognize the blessings and have that attitude of gratitude around the stuff that we do have. Jesus said this in Luke 12, 15. He said, beware, guard against every kind of greed. 
Life is not measured by how much you own. So important to remember that as you go through, especially this holiday season, where maybe you don't get everything you wanted for Christmas or whatever that, you can't give everything you want for Christmas. All types of greed, be careful of that. And so you just need to be weary of, you know, what, whatever it is that you have and, and, and recognize that because what I learned is that if you can't be happy with a cup of coffee, you can't be happy with a new Corvette either. Nothing's going to make you happy if, if you can't appreciate the little things you have rather than the big things you have, right? And so a next step on your connection card is this. It says, I will spend more time thanking God for my blessings. I want that to be something you're paying attention to as we go into this holiday season. Thanking God for your blessings. And maybe some of you are having a hard time. Maybe Christmas is tough. Right? We, we've, we've lost friends, we've lost family, and, and I know for me, Christmas isn't the same with my mother gone. And so you just need to find a way to kind of work through that. Pastor Jeff talked a week or so ago about, you know, if you keep rehearsing that same stuff over and you're making it negative, it's always going to be negative. How do you turn that negative into a positive story? And so I hear it the way they say it is, your mess is your message, Right? Whatever it is that is your mess can become your message when you figure out how to turn that positive. And so for me, my biological father pretty much abandoned me when I was pretty young. And I, I had a weird relationship with him as I tried to become a teenager. And, and he just, you know, didn't show any interest in me or anything. And so that really messed me up as a kid. Luckily, I had a great stepfather that was there for me. But it still messed me up that my biological father just pretty much abandoned me. And so for me... Looking back now, I realized that's what drove a division between me and God. And that's why I became an atheist is because people started talking about your heavenly father. I'm like, well, my father's a piece of trash. So therefore, I don't, have, I don't want to have a relationship with this guy if that guy's a jerk. And so it took me a long time to get through that. And I held on to that hate and that anger for so long. But finally, I realized after talking to God about it so much that I can turn that mess into my message. And so now when I work with students, which I've been doing here at this church for a dozen years or so, and they're struggling with their parents getting a divorce and, and their parents walking out and all that stuff, I can help them through that by explaining what happened to me and understanding that that was a mistake I made trying to compare my heavenly father to my earthly father. And that I can help them work through it. I can turn my mess that was my childhood into my message to lift other people up. And we all have a mess... We all have a mess. It's just a matter of, are you using your mess as a message to lift others up, to encourage other people, turn that negative into a positive? That's what you need to do. So let's go back one more time to Jeremiah. Oh, I'm sorry, wrong Jeremiah. So what I wanted to do is talk about what the prophet Jeremiah said in another spot in the Bible, and it said in Jeremiah 32, 40, it says this. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I will never stop doing good for them. I will put a desire in their hearts to worship me, and they will never leave me. That's what God has promised us. But what's interesting about this verse, though, is this, if you do some research on this, 
it sounds all warm and fuzzy, like, hey, God's got you. He's gonna, he promises to take care of you. Everything's going to be fantastic. But what you don't know is that God had just told Jeremiah to tell the people of Jerusalem that God was upset for them for their sinful ways, and he was sending the Babylonians to wipe them out. So God had first said, hey, by the way, I'm about to wipe you out, but don't worry, I got you. And so Jeremiah, while in prison and delivering this message, was so confident in God's return, he actually bought land in Jerusalem because he knew that it would be worth value when God returned and restored the people of Jerusalem. So regardless of what's happening in your life, God will restore you and will return you back to where you were. And that's how you turn that mess into your message, right? That's how you do that. So are you completely confident in what God has planned for your life? Or are you just kind of continuing to do whatever you want to do? That's the question is, are you that confident? And so as we talk about Jeremiah 29, 11, we're going to break down the third part of that. And it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. But now let's talk about this last part. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And here's the way you find out about having hope and having a future. Number three on your outline is discover your purpose. You need to discover your purpose so that you can have hope and you can understand what your future is. You are here on purpose for a purpose. You can't have hope if you don't know why you're here. And Romans 12, 6 said this, and it's so encouraging. It says, in his grace... God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. We all have a gift that God has given us. And, and maybe you're jealous of somebody else's gift and, and you spend too much time worrying about the gifts you don't have rather than the gifts you do have, back to our gratitude and counting your blessing thing. But we've all been given gifts to do great things. And so do you think that you're here on earth just to go to work get paid, pay your bills, go to work, get paid, pay your bills, and just do that till you die? That is not what God sent you here to do. And so you need to discover your purpose for your life because you'll have hope and a future as you start to understand that purpose. And so what I wanted to share with you today is kind of what my process looked like when I came to this church 16 years ago. For me, church was a three-step process. And I want to explain that three-step process to you. First of all, when we started coming to church here, we said, hey, we're going to go to church on Sunday. And for me, because of my mindset and the way I do things, it was, that was every Sunday. We're going to church every Sunday. It was never a Saturday night discussion in our house. Are we going to church tomorrow? We go to church on Sunday. That's what my family does. And for me, that's what, that's what kept me accountable and kept me coming. And, and it just had to be every single Sunday. If I started coming up with reasons I couldn't come, then I knew I would just kind of, it's like going to the gym for me. If I stopped going to the gym for a little while, I never go back. Church could be the same way. So I knew I had to stay in it and go every single time. So that was step one for me is go to church every single Sunday. The next thing I had to do is I needed to join a small group. And so Tawny convinced me to join a small group. Remember, I'm still an atheist at this point when we first started. And so Tawny's like, hey, we're going to go to a small group at these people's house. And she pointed them out to me at church. And they were the cutest little church couple with their little sweaters on and stuff. And so 
we're like driving over to their house for a small group. And Tawny's terrified because now she realizes what she's done. She's unleashed me on this poor young couple. And so she's like, please do not say anything that will embarrass me. Don't cuss. Don't ask for a beer. Don't, don't do any of that stuff that you would usually do with your friends. Just. And so we got to these people's house and had a great discussion with them. There was two couples there that I remember. And like, the great news is I found out they were just as messed up as I was right? They, they were Christians, but they had problems just like we had problems. And so for me, that was a big important thing was to get around some other people that were godly people. And that really changed my life that way. And so the last thing I did for that was for my step three was I had to find a place to serve in this church. And so for me, I got invited back then uh, to work in the uh, sound and light booth. And so I started doing that, and I've been doing that for 16 years now. I've taken a couple breaks, but for the most part, I've been working in that booth for 16 years. And so it was so important to me to find a way to kind of connect with that. And so we have a way to do that now. It's called Growth Track. And so back then we had a different system, but through that I learned that I needed to start working with teenagers because I had a lot to kind of share with teenagers. And so I started working with teenagers. And so if you haven't gone through growth track to figure out what your purpose is, you are missing out. You are missing out. That is the next step for you today is sign up for growth track. It starts again next week. You can get growth track knocked out in December and start next year with knowing your purpose, serving in the church, being connected and really change your life. And for me, those three steps really set up what we talk about here at this church is this opportunity for a better life. Because through those three steps of coming to church every Sunday, getting in a small group and finding my purpose and starting to serve in this church, it changed my family's tree. Like now, my wife is the executive pastor of this church. I serve on students, I serve here, I get opportunities to come up here and preach to you. My life has been changed. My oldest daughter has graduated college, married a godly man. She's helping lead a, a young couples group for the church. My youngest daughter is going to Lee University to do full-time ministry. Amen. Amen. My family tree has changed because you gave an opportunity for a better life. So what are you doing? We're building this church for the next generation, for your kids, for your grandkids. What are you doing to serve, to help build this church into a place for those kids, those grandkids, so that they can then be raised up and have that opportunity for a better life, to, to understand God's plan for their life. Next month, I want it to be better th than last December for you. Next year, I want it to be better than next or than last year for you. But you need to take some steps. You need to get into God's word. You need to start talking to God. You need to start recognizing your blessings. You need to start finding your purpose, perhaps serving in this church if you're not already doing so. Sign up for growth track. It's not scary, it's fun, I trust, trust me. It's great. So I wanted to leave you with this prayer 
that I just means a lot to me, and it's Romans 15, 13, and it says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what I want for you this December, this Christmas, next year, all of that. So today I asked the band to come out and do a fun song, a worship song, a praise song, so that we can take a moment and thank God for what he's done in our life, to raise our hands and thank him for the blessings that we have. Thank him for this future that we know about. Thank him for everything that's happening in our lives and and just releasing everything that happened in the past. So with that, let me go ahead and pray. God, thank you so much for this great church family. God, I want better for them. God, I want them to be encouraged, God, as they go into this next month, this next year, God. God, to have the best Christmas they've ever had, God. God, to just embrace the moments that they get, God, whether they're fun or or not fun, God, but to just embrace them, God. God, to just be encouraged as they go throughout the season, God. God, for them to recognize the blessings they have, God, and to thank God for those blessings daily, God. As the band gets ready to come out and play, God, God, I ask that the band just, just lift up God, God, so that everybody can see and feel the Holy Spirit in this building today, God. God, thank you for everything you're doing in this church and the families' lives that are being changed. In your name we pray, amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.